Welcome to the Built for Trades podcast. This is your host, Dan Dowdy. And today we are talking everything virtual reality training for technicians. Uh, we have an amazing guest on here, Dan Clapper with Interplay Learning. He is the HVAC Marketing Director. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hey, nice to meet you. Awesome. Well, you have, first of all, I have a great name. <laughs> Dan. I, I can agree with you there. There you go. There you go. But second of all, I love what y'all are doing in the trades. You're helping develop uh, technicians and develop skilled trades. And uh, when I think about this podcast, I think about, you know, we're here to help grow leaders in the trades. And we do that through interviewing amazing guests, sharing great information. And when it comes to growing your leadership, you first got to grow in your confidence. The only way, only way you grow in your confidence is by growing in your knowledge and applying the knowledge and, and learning from it and growing. And so today we're going to dive into um, the virtual reality training. We're going to dive into getting to know Dan better. Uh, he's also an author in the trades, which is pretty awesome. I can't wait to hear more about that. So uh, Dan, welcome again. Uh, thank you. Thank you. All right, Dan. So let's just go ahead and start uh, from the beginning. Um, I, I, you're a second generation in the trades. Is that correct? Yeah. Actually, I guess third generation. My my grandfather was in the plumbers union in New York City growing up. Really? So he he was a union guy his whole life out of New York City. And then my my father had had his own HVAC company. And we did HVAC and plumbing. This is uh, about two hours north of New York City, upstate New York. And uh, yeah, probably six or seven years old, I learned how to start threading pipe. So whether I liked it or not, I, I was I was helping him on just helping him on his work weekends, nights, you know, he he put me to work. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. 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 Being, being a second generation myself as well. It's like you. Uh, uh, how long have you been doing this again? And you kind of think back, you're like a long time. What's what's a legal working age? Because guarantee yeah. you you're working long before that. But uh, yeah. So did, did you always like when, when you whenever you were introduced to to the HVAC world? I mean, like were you passionate about actually turning the wrench and doing those things? And that that's something you saw yourself doing for the long haul, or yeah. Well, so once once we got once I was high school age, it, pretty much every weekend we'd do a HVA install or a boiler install. So we would be wake up at Saturday at 5 a.m. in the morning. And my dad was the type of guy that the job's getting done today, no matter what it takes. So, you know, just a one day job, we're going to hustle and, and work as hard as we can and get it done. And uh, so in high school, that means I couldn't go out on Friday nights. Like I, oh, no. my, my, my personal social life was, was shot. So I was always angry at him over those years of man like i just want to go have fun with my friends they're going out they're doing that um what i eventually realized is what he taught me was worth work ethic you oh. know that that is that is missing so much and and a lot of people uh growing up now right so i i always say i really hated it then but i appreciate it so much now like i have that mindset let's wake up at 5 a.m do what we have to do to get it done and that then we can play after, right? <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's that's powerful. Is your dad still working in the HVAC industry, or? 
Yeah, he's he's now just a director of buildings and grounds for a school di- district, but having a blast towards the end of his career there. So, very cool. Well, let's get yeah. the audience to know you a little better, uh, Dan. Um, you're coming to us all the way from Utah, correct? That's right. Awesome. Well, well, tell me more about yourself and and what you enjoy doing there in Utah. Yeah, I mean U- Utah. Growing up in New York. I probably couldn't point out where Utah was on the map, right? <laughs> so, it's like, oh, that's some state out there. I don't really know what it's like. Um, having worked for some different HVAC manufacturers, I get the opportunity to relocate out, out west here. Yeah. And um, I guess I can tell that real quick story of how I ended up in Utah. <laughs> so I, I, was, I was put in some corporate housing in Denver and Denver really wasn't, really didn't make a ton of sense for our family. So something I always wanted to do is I always wanted to have an RV. So my territory was Western US. I put everything in storage and traveled Western Western US for about nine months straight in an RV. So (laughs) had the the wife and kid with me, we traveled around. And um, of all the places we loved Utah because the, the family atmosphere, the outdoors, the mountains. I mean, it's, it's just a, a beautiful place. I, I can get in my Jeep and in 25 minutes be up in the middle of nowhere. And it's just beautiful. So. Okay. I'm officially jealous now. <laughs> I'm officially jealous. Yeah. When, when I, uh, when I started built for the trades years back, my wife and I had the same dream. We had the same dream. But then we're like, yep, we're going to get an RV. We're going to travel around the country. I'm going to go, I'm going to go visit my clients and it's going to be awesome. The only problem I had was I had four kids and not one, <laughs> four kids. One yeah. was tough enough Four, I can't imagine. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> I realized, uh, you know, being a business coach and all the things I do was like, okay, this is tight quarters and, uh, and tough with four kids. So that my, my whole summer of traveling turned into about two weeks. But we had a great time while we were there. So I'm, I think that's sure. really cool. And that's a really cool part of your story. I was going to ask how you got from New York to to uh, Utah. So I'm the same yeah. way. I, I love the mountains. I love, you know, the Western states. And actually, New York is a place I've never visited. Um, I have a few mm-hmm. clients up there, but I've never been up there yet. So I definitely will be getting there sure. before, before long. So, all right. Yeah, so you grew up. You learn how to turn a wrench at an early age. And um, at some point in your life, you you had written a book. So tell me more about this book that you had written for, you know, for, for the HVAC industry. Sure. So um, I've, I've worked for various HVAC manufacturers, um, some of the big names. And with that, I had regional roles where I've met I just met a ton of contractors. So one of the things that always came up is they they asked, how did how can I get more leads? Like how can I get more business? So I I did a lot of reading, studying. I went and I went with uh Jay Conrad Levinson. He's the guy who wrote Guerrilla Marketing. I spent a week at his house, personal, personally mentored and trained by him. Wow. And and really what what came out of that is I wrote a book called Get More HVAC Leads. Okay. So, and it was three must-have strat or five must-have strategies for 2018. 
So what was interesting is in the book, I, t- I talked about three things that, that contractors really need to do to get more leads. One is to understand the problem they solve, you know, whether it's uh, hot or cold spots in a house, air quality, things like that. Mm-hmm. Two, why you're different than everyone else. And then three, like what's, what's the offer? What's the hook or what's going to get someone to pick up the phone and call you. Right. And, and as I was talking with, as I was talking with, uh, with contractors, it's really interesting. Most of them really can't explain why they're different than the guy at the street. Mm. Right. Like I, you know, they, they can, they, they say, well, you know, maybe it's my experience or something, but they, 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 many contractors didn't have a clear story around that. So that, that just got me thinking about training even more and, and how important um, training is to get in leads, right? Mm-hmm. So what I came to is actually in the reviews, if you look at the reviews of, of contractors, that's where you start seeing how, what the difference is between people. And, and what I saw, one of the biggest things in reviews for five-star contractors is that the technician was knowledgeable. The technician knew what they were talking about, right? So mm-hmm. that that's in a, in a long story, kind of how I wrote a book, but it, it, it wasn't really more, it wasn't just about leads. It was really about the, the education and the knowledge of your, of your team. Well, that's pretty cool, Dan. Yeah. I, I, I was going to ask, you know, what was the difference there, but you, you dove right into, um, I like that, like re- seeing more reviews about the text being knowledgeable. Um, you know, it, it, if we ask 10 contractors in front of us, do they do training? I'm pretty sure they'd all say yes, right? Yeah, uh, sure. If I'd asked 10 contractors 10 years ago if they all did training, I'm pretty sure only two would have said yes. So it's pretty yeah. common in, t- you know, in this day and age. And uh, it's kind of the same thing for reviews. You know, um, 10 years ago, we were all told to get more online reviews. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, anybody with any kind of competition in the market has a lot of five-star reviews. Right. So I like that, that, uh, that difference maker and, and having knowledgeable techs that are out there educating the customers. I'm really passionate about that. And, and the training that I do is I call it serving over selling. And the difference is, is that you're asking questions and you're gathering information and you're providing customized options based on what the customer wants, not on what you want to sell the customer. Right. You know, so um, that's the way I differentiate differentiate that with my with my training that I do. But uh, so take me through. So you you had written the book. Um, you're now working for Interplay Learning, and I, I obviously see the passion in in what you do in the HVAC industry. So uh, tell me more about like what you do there, Interplay Learning, and and I have some knowledge in it, but I'd love to hear kind of the behind the scenes of what you do and and what it offers for the trades industry. Sure. Sure. So um, I think maybe I'll just start the story of how I came to Interplay Learning, which which was kind of interesting. Um, I think it was February this year. I went to the AHR show in Las Vegas, right? And attendance was down because of COVID. And 
they, there wasn't a ton of people, but you know, a fair amount of people and I'm walking around and all of a sudden I just see these long lines of people. And I'm like, what are, what are people like waiting in line for at an HVAC show? Right. Yeah. And, and uh, it was the, it was people waiting in line to put on the VR headset to practice, you know, to see what it's like to do training in virtual reality. So, so real life example of this, this is the buzz of how can we create training and, and, and make it more fun, make it more engaging. Um, how, how can we train when we don't have the physical equipment in front of us, those type of things. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw that and I, I, I literally said, that's who I want to go work for. And, and basically within <laughs> who knows if my phone was listening to me or whatever, but in about <laughs> two, two or three weeks, I saw a role on LinkedIn to be a market director for HVAC for Interplay. Yeah. I'm like, well, like, okay, this, this is happening now. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's, that's pretty much how it fell together. So, huh. so to answer your question, my role, pretty much anything that has to do with HVAC training with Interplay, I'm involved with. So from the type of courses we we create, the the way we communicate it to the customer, what are what are some best practices for creating in home in house training programs for contractors? That's the, the what are how do we create learning paths? You know, from someone that's completely green to to like a tech level one. Mm-hmm. How do we take those mid career people and and upskill them too? So a little bit of all that is really what I what I do day to day now. I mean, th- this is so good because one of the biggest pain points that we've heard about for a long time in the trades is it's hard to find good help nowadays or nobody wants to work or so on and so forth. And and the biggest thing is, is the, the generation after us is it's just different than the way we grew up. And so a lot of times the generation being different makes it bad in our eyes, you know, like, ah, oh, these kids are spoiled. They don't want to work. Nobody wants to do this, that and the other. But I guarantee you the generation before us was complaining about our generation and sure. so on and so forth. So I, I think moving past that and offering like meeting these kids where they're at with something that they can enjoy doing and, and more of a virtual, obviously a virtual reality setting or video game type setting is really neat. So, damn curious, is this being adopted by any trades programs and any kind of public schools out there? Uh, certainly. We, we work with a lot of trade schools. And, and really what we, what we hear, I, you know, I, I think I, I should definitely clarify this mm-hmm. is we work with a lot of the trade schools because what, what they can do is students can learn the fundamentals and learn a lot of the, a lot of the background and get some repetitions in. So when they're in their in-person classes, mm-hmm. they're just focusing on the meat. Like you don't have to wait waste two days teaching people safety and all the steps. If, if they're, if they get this pre-learning done, that makes that in-learning training in the classroom that much powerful. So, so we get a lot of great feedback from the, from the trade schools that are basically supplementing their program with our training. Oh man, that's pretty neat. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely making it more efficient to get trades men and women equipped to get out in the field and serve customers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I saw a little clip on on the website. It, I think it talked about going from taking your training from years to weeks. 
Yeah. Like that. I like that. I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. We had, we have some contractors now that basically built their own apprentice apprentice programs. Mm-hmm. When, when, when we talk about skilled labor, right. When, when people say there's a labor shortage, uh, there, there's millions and millions of people out there that are making minimum wage or less. So it, it's not that the people don't exist. It's just, they don't have the skills. So the, like what you said before, 10 years ago, maybe two out of 10 contractors have a training program. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, pretty much, if you want labor, you're going to have to, you're starting with, with people that need to be trained a little bit more from the beginning, right? Yeah. So, so we're, we're seeing contractors build their own apprenticeship programs, basically, or onboarding programs. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the ones we work with, we're just doing on the job training. You know, and, and and sometimes that's that's a challenge. You're taking your top tech and splitting his time from actually doing the work to to teaching, right? Mm-hmm. So so when you can get your newer people through a lot of the fundamentals and get a lot of the practice reps in using our simulations or or, or things like that. Now when you're doing that on the job training, again, you're right with that meat and that meet in the things that are really specific that takes time off your, your top techs. So that ramp up time, which is sometimes a year or two of, of getting a tech ready to be on their own. We can, we can shorten that. Okay. That makes sense. What all different types of training, like uh, what, what all different trades uh, do y'all offer at Interplay as far as training wise? Sure. Yeah, HVAC is is certainly our, our larger one. We also have uh, plumbing, electrical. We're we're building content into carpentry now, mm-hmm. uh, facility maintenance. So, I, I we I think we're always looking to expand in that that trades group, right? And and it's uh, we're we're, we're creating courses at a pretty fast clip here. So our catalog just continues to grow and grow. Man, that's, yeah, I, I love hearing that, that y'all are continuing to expand. And um, I am dying to ask you this question here. Sure. What's the better trade, HVAC or plumbing? Uh, well, <laughs> you don't have to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe that goes back to the personal story of back when I was with my father and, uh, I don't know, like a senior center. Yeah. And he, he wanted me to help him clean out the drains. And that that's where I was like, I think I'm going to stick to HVAC. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know, everyone, everyone has their thing. <laughs> so, exactly. Exactly. I, funny. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I did do, I did like doing a lot of new construction with plumbing. I think, I think that's really fun. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I had to ask that question just because I know how plumbing and HVAC trades <laughs> are. You know, the one's always better than the other, no yeah. doubt, no same, doubt. Same thing as the electricians too. It's all three groups don't, you know. Yeah, everyone so gets I, in each other's way. Uh, exactly, and it's always somebody else's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good leadership lesson, right? You don't want to. <laughs> Well, I guess yeah. it could be. You don't want to blame the other person, take some ownership. But uh, let's talk more about about you know our audience out there listening. 
there's definitely business owners and managers and trades businesses listening. Uh, a lot of clients I work with personally, I know use Interplay and mm -hmm. some people are just getting started in it. Some people have been using it for a little while. Um, but let's just talk directly to that contractor that's that either, you know, that has it or is getting started with it. What is like one of the biggest mistakes that you see people make when they get started with it that we feel like we should give them that tip and that tip to make sure that they're not making that same mistake? Got it. So as far as like implementing a training program. Yeah. Like, you yeah. Know, I, implementing so, a training program. Yeah. Um, John Maxwell is one of my favorite authors, by the way. And I think you've, you've, you're, you've been involved with some of his stuff for a long time, right? I have, yeah. he, he, he wrote a book called the 15 invaluable laws of growth. Mm -hmm. So a question that I would always, that I love asking contractors is really not what your, what is your training plan? Like what is your growth plan? And, and if you if you if you frame training in that perspective of however big my company is and I want to grow it to here, it, it's pretty clear that part one of the main ways to do that is to develop your people. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you realize like that is the core piece of it. Now, let's think about how much time does a contractor actually put aside a week for training? Or put it put it aside a month for training. Or, or I would this say is probably like hour a week on average. I would think. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I think where a lot of contractors make a mistake is realizing how important training is to their actual growth. If they mm -hmm. if they really do want to grow their business 10, 20, 50 percent, it, it you know, yeah have to develop your people and. The, the fun thing about developing your talent is if you can get someone from kind of green to a great tech, you can backfill and get another person green and bring that up to the great tech. And, and now this is a, once you create these pathways for promotion, mm -hmm. that's a very fluid way to, to grow your business. Right. So in that framework, at least an hour a week and and maybe maybe even a little bit more if you can start fitting it in and um i think a lot of contractors struggle with paying their workers to do training yeah like i i think if you start looking at the big picture of how you want to grow your company to get there it's okay to pay them to do, go through training right like mm -hmm. so Sometimes we hear objections that ah, I'll, I'll I'll give them this training platform, but they have to do it all the training on their own time. You know, uh, yeah, it's almost like you're it, it, well, you're changing your mindset, which is huge, right? You, instead of being an HVAC or plumbing or a contractor anywhere in the trades that uh, you know that does the trade with the side of training. It's more like, no, we're going to focus on training and growth so that we can be better at doing the trade. Exactly. You know, so it's just a completely different mindset of realizing that, like, like you said earlier, you know, the skill or the labor that we're getting into the trades now is less skilled. You know, mm -hmm. they're not growing up necessarily in households where their fathers are like, hey, come to work with me and turn a wrench at five years old or 10 years old. It's just a different day and age. They're usually 
on some kind of some type of technology early on, probably spending less time outdoors, unfortunately, and definitely less opportunities to turn a wrench at an early age. So uh, that's what we have to work with. And even at that point, we can say we can sit here in our seats and complain about uh, the next generation coming up or we can do something about it and embrace it as an opportunity to equip the next generation. And and that's what you're doing. And that's what that's what the mindset should be of the contractors. And that what it, and that is what it is for the ones that are doing it really well. I mean, there's right. actually contractors out there that are developing people and they don't necessarily have a hiring problem or a working shortage because they're investing in people. So what do you say to contractors who say, Dan, you know, this is all cool and stuff, but you know, I just got burned by a couple guys who I invested some money in and, you know, they left me and went to my competitors. So yeah, I think I'm just gonna go ahead and pass on this for now. I don't really want to invest money in people. They're just going to leave. What do you say to that? Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a tough one, right? Like, um, let's see. I would, I would say, what would I say to that? I would say that you, there is, we, we see a lot of people that are hiring just for attitude now in our trades, right? So, so if they're running into that, maybe they, maybe they weren't hiring, they were looking at different things to hire. Maybe they, they ran into those problems because they were, they were looking at some different skill sets. I, I think where we're seeing the best success is just making sure they have a, a great attitude and then we can teach technical skills. Right. And, and, and th- that's how I would look at that is, you know, find, find people out that are, you know, walk around Home Depot. And if someone has a great attitude, just start with that. <laughs> like, so that's how I'd answer that. Yeah, that's great advice. And, and, you know, it goes back to, um, you can find those people at Home Depot, you can find them serving you at a restaurant. I mean, right. so many great people who are out there in the service industry that may be doing something else, looking for a career and the trades offers that career, no matter what position they're going to be in, in the, in the trades. It's really awesome to have that. And, and with the economy being so crazy, it's nice to have that foundation of, hey, I work in the trades. You know, we're always going to be needed. So it, it helps to build that confidence and knowing that you have a career for the future, too. So anybody listening out there, they're probably already in the trades, but get your finger <laughs> on the trades. It's an awesome space. Yeah. Um, so let's talk more about when I was, um, you know, I've I've had some interaction with the Interplay program. I was looking through the website, doing a little research on it, and I noticed your program called Skill Mill. Tell the audience more about what Skill Mill is and and the benefits of that uh, program. Yeah. Interplay. So, so Skill Mill is is I guess we would what I would call the software that does what we do. So within Skill Mill is where all the courses lie, but it's also a a learning management system. And and I think if I, if you look at the trades, you know, many of these owners they they have skills and the technical knowledge that built their knowledge around the business side, but but they're not a learning and development specialist. They're not, you know, they they're not. They didn't go to school to learn how to train people. 
Yeah. So, so what the nice part of what skill mill is, is it, it's also a, a place where you can assign content, create course pathways, create a, create a point for your employees to say, okay, if I go from here to here and learn all these skills, maybe I can get a $2 or $3 or $5 raise. Right. Mm. So it, when, when we say we teach technical training, we also give the platform to build that structure in your business. And that right there, I hope everybody's listening to that, is really powerful because it's one thing to attract talented people and attract people in the trades. It's another thing to retain people in the trades. And one thing we all face as business owners in the trades is a kid coming up to you and saying, yeah, Dan, you know, I like this company and I like what I'm doing, but McDonald's is hiring for $15 an hour, you know, or $17 an hour, right? They're thinking very short-minded, but with that skill mill program, you can put them on path to success and you can offer little carrots out there that say, hey, look, if you do this course and accomplish this grade and do these different things, you can get paid more money. And so it's like that path to success. When I when I teach how to attract and retain top talented team members, a, a, a pathway for growth is a big part of that. And I talk a lot about looking out three years and having an organizational chart where people can see where they can grow into different positions because you're going to have that conversation with people. You just will. Hopefully you do. I mean, the other option is they just leave your business, but hopefully they say, Hey Dan, you know, like I love this place and stuff, but there's another opportunity for more money. Uh, And then you you could sit down with them and have a conversation and kind of coach them through the process of like, here is the opportunity you have here. I want you to be here. You just need to hang in there a little longer and keep and, and keep applying your knowledge here and learning. And here's where you can be in, you know, six months or a year or whatever it is. That's how you retain those people. You can't avoid the fact that we live in an age where there's a lot of opportunity at, at, at everybody's fingertips and pretty much every industry is hiring. Sure. Sure. You know, it's just the way it is right now. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I, I love that. I, I love that you can build those. Can you, can you do that custom? Like, can if sure. I have the program, I can customize that myself as a business owner or manager. Sure. And, and we, we provide a way that we can create a custom learning path. Say, this is your first six months. And if you go through this, you can take all these courses that I've picked. And there's also a spot where you could put in external links. Like, also, I want you to go to that manufacturer training class. And I want you to maybe go through this soft skills class. Um, so it, it has the ability to where you can and really put together that growth plan for that employee. And I I think our best users are also using it as part of the employee review process, right? Like, okay, we're we're three months in, we're six months in, you're coming to me and asking for a raise. Let's, let's see how you did on training in the last six months. Right. So, so there's, there's really some creative ways to, as you said, not just have kind of training on the side, but how do you build this into the philosophy of your business? Wow. That is really cool. I love that. And, and I noticed on y'all's website, y'all offer uh, frequent webinars and things that people can hop on and learn more. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I'm doing a webinar. I think it's October 19th. Um, just, just on some of these best practices for, for training programs. And, and 
I do want to be clear. We're not saying we're going to completely do all of the training. We do technical training and then you can do the, put your personality and your, and the ways that you do business. That's something that we allow the contractors to do. We're not teaching the soft skills or, or maybe you work with a coach like yourself where that type of stuff doesn't live within our platform. We're just the technical side. That's pretty cool. I love that. So when I was looking at your, at your LinkedIn and uh, you had, you had a little, a a slogan up there. It says helping people find their fire in HVAC. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, um, so what, what, where I see, um, so I think this gets back to the conversation around today's today's kids growing up. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a ten year old. He loves the game. That so what are what are most of the games out there? Right? You 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 ha- you you start out without any skills in some of these adventure games. You start building some skills. You have to figure out puzzles. You have to figure out how things work, and then then you get successful. Right. And if you start thinking about how we're building these simulations is you're showing up to a outdoor condenser. Okay. I have to start learning skills to figure out how I can get through this. And if I can fix this or I can win this, I get the prize. And so there's some unique things of with how some of the um, people that are growing up with this gaming attitude, Hey, you can actually apply this to real world, tech, you know, trade skills. I love that. So it's like you're finding your fire through gamification, pretty much like exactly different levels, Uh, man, that's really exciting. Cause my my son, Eli, he's also a gamer. Yeah. He's only seven years old, but I can't wait to get him the, get him on this interplay stuff when he gets older and and check it out. Cause I know he'd love it. Right. It's that mindset. And it, it goes back to, everybody's different. Every generation is different. And we can decide to say, yeah, you know what? It's different. It's not like me. So I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to complain about it. Or we can say, you know what? It's uh, it's the day and age that we need to start, you know, meeting people where they're at and building training programs that they can enjoy. So when they go out in the field, they can walk through and have that experience of the, the previous practice they did with their interplay, with their virtual reality uh, you know, there's nothing in my in my opinion. There's nothing that replaces in the field training, but totally. the problem with in the field training is that you also get in the field mistakes, and you also get uh, in the field time that you invest, and it takes a lot longer. Versus, like you said before, with the trade schools, you know, yeah. um, just how efficient it makes their their courses by having this program that kids can do in their own time or in separate time than just the classroom time, learning the basic skill. So they're ready to go to get more meat out of whatever it is that instructor is teaching that student yeah. that day. Yeah. And there's another piece to it too. And and I can speak firsthand to this because yeah. I, I like, I cannot sit in a classroom and learn. Like I like, to, I, I can't sit still. I need to get up and walk around. Like I, there, there's, there's different learning styles too. Right. And, you know, a lot of people in our trades, they're, they, 
they college isn't the right learning style for them or, or even trade school sometimes mm-hmm. that maybe just picking it up and kind of playing with it on themselves and, and, and picking out what courses make sense. I mean, there's, there's something to be said for the different learning, learning styles in our trade too. Yeah, there really is. There really is. So it's really good stuff. So everybody listening out there, I encourage you to go check out what Interplay is doing. I think it's it's great. It's meeting the next generation where they're at. It's teaching the skills we need to build skilled men and women in the trades. Um, and it's exciting. So it's a really exciting day and age in the trades. So Dan, thank you for being here. Can you point the audience towards where they can find more, uh, find out more about Interplay Learning? Sure. Yeah. So first of all, of course, our website, interplaylearning.com. And uh, certainly try to look me up on LinkedIn, Dan Clapper, uh, market director, HVAC market director on LinkedIn. Connect with me, send me a message and and we can have a chat. Very cool. Well, Dan, thank you again for coming on the Bill for the Trades podcast. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Everybody listening out there. Uh, Be sure to subscribe if you like what you hear. And then also share this with somebody else in the trades. Um, Our effort here is to grow organically. And so we do that through subscriptions, people sharing, and also leaving a a review for us because we take every review seriously. It helps us. It helps influence us for future episodes. And, And our ultimate mission here is to help you grow in your leadership development. So that way you can help the people around you grow as well. So, Uh, Thank you all for listening. Dan, thank you for coming on the show. Cool. And, And we'll talk to you next time. Awesome. Talk to you later.